Did you hear it, Cam? We're about to take off. We're refueling. Let's go. Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Hi, Amelia. (laughs) Hey there. How are you? I'm doing great. So where are we going? What are we doing? Well, it's so it's summertime, Cam, and we're always traveling or going to the beach or seeing our kids or going somewhere. So let's talk today about resetting and refueling after a break. Yeah. Have you ever been off track before, like with your diet or your exercise or any of the above? Absolutely. And I I have gotten it to where when I do get off track, even if it's just a meal, my body tells me so. But that's not always been the case. I used to get off track for a while. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. Our body, I understand the biofeedback immediately. You're like, oh, need more vegetables. Oh, that didn't work so so well. (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting how that comes about and how your body learns what to expect. Um, When I was younger, Cam, when when my husband and I were first married, I loved to go out to eat and I loved fast food. So if we ever were traveling, you know, part of the trip, of course, we didn't have smartphones back then was looking at the highway signs to see where there was a Burger King or, you know, there was, I don't think there was Starbucks either, but looking for those fast food things, I loved it. And now I just chuckle when we pass those because I don't ever stop there anymore. But the point is, my body now craves something different to refuel and reset. And I accepted in my 20s and 30s that, you know, going on vacation meant all of the fast food, all of the French fries, all of the chips I could eat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Totally. That is like the mindset. It's, it was almost like a vacation from everything. And the wheels just came off, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And lucky for me, I didn't like gain a whole bunch of weight or I didn't get sick per se. But mm-hmm. now I think, wow, I, I'm so sad that that I did that. And I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, when I was pregnant, the first time and a little bit the second time, I viewed pregnancy as an excuse to eat. And unfortunately, it wasn't always fruits and vegetables and lean, <laughs> healthy meats. I, you know, I ate the the Subway subs and the um, chicken sandwiches and all of the Coke floats I could get in my body. Oh, totally. My With my oldest, um, yes, totally. Coke was my thing. I like Twizzlers too. Oh, I yeah. remember. <laughs> it was the fat free phrase. And I also remember SpaghettiOs. And I remember also getting I was teaching school and also made me sick to my stomach and I had to run out of the first grade classroom that day. Anyway, so that's a flashback. Yeah. Did you ever like just throw in the towel and I'll just wait until Monday? I'll, I'll just wait until January 1st. I'll just wait until XYZ to start over. Did you ever feel that way? I did. And I have to be honest, it was around those pregnancies and recovering from pregnancy weight. I would lose a little bit of weight. And, you know, 
at that point in my life, I was going to a lot of wedding showers and baby showers, and there was always cake and always these yummy snacks. And I, I did it a lot. I mean, every time I would show up thinking I'm going to be strong, I'd end up eating whatever was there and thinking, oh, screw it. You know, I'll just wait until next week. So um, it was, I definitely have felt that way. How about you? You know, I, after my son was born, recovering from, I was over 200 pounds when he was born and it was a lot <laughs> to come back down to mm. like my normal walking weight. And I remember getting stuck at like 170, one, probably 170 coming back down. And I was just like, what is the deal? But I was still drinking Coke, even though I was walking I started walking by then, but that didn't matter. So, you know, I think that was the first time I was like, oh, food actually does this to my body. Oh, even though it's fat free, it doesn't mean that it's not going to make me fat anyway. Um, yeah. So when I was pregnant with my daughter, I had a whole other attitude about it. I taught the day before she was born. I remember them announcing it the next day on the uh, end of the day announcement. So totally different experience, but I chose to eat different foods because I was finally understanding what I was doing. I had no, I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. And I think we talk about throwing in the towel or, or resetting um, to a healthier lifestyle. A lot of times we think about this in the holiday season, you know, with their Christmas parties and we think, okay, um, we're going to go back to the gym on January 1st. I used to belong to a gym that was a medical facility as well. Like they had cardiac rehab and I was friends with the membership director and she would say their new gym memberships would increase by 30%. And it may have even been more on some years after January 1st. And that lasted about three months on a good year. On a bad year, it was more like six weeks. But people weren't always committed. They thought they were. But this whole idea of starting tomorrow or starting whenever in the future is a tough thing to to feel and be committed to because you never get there. It's always the future always the future and you're not staying present. And we're really going to talk about mindset today. And I know that's like a weird word. And maybe you hear it on, you know, thrown around in today's world. But we're, it's about how we think. It's our attitude. It's our opinion. It's how we think about ourselves, how we talk to ourselves, which we do talk about often. And our self-judgment, really, our self-judgment and understanding that our thoughts and our attitude towards ourselves is really what's blocking us from getting getting to whatever we want. I totally agree. And I've c- c- done, well, if not a 180, per, c- certainly a 160 uh, with regard to this. And also, these are bad habits. You know, we think about eating chips as a bad habit or going to get pizza every other day is a bad habit. But this judgment talk to ourselves, this I'm not worthy or I'll do it tomorrow or, you know, just talking to ourselves this way, that's a bad habit too. It absolutely is. I'm reading a book right now called The Body Keeps Score Keeps the Score. Actually, my daughter loaned it to me. And the the subheading is Brain, Mind, and Body in a Healing the Healing of Trauma. And the doctor that wrote the book, I can't recall his name right now, he did he does a lot of work with like veterans and how they come home from war and they're they do the same detrimental activity or whatever, and they can't get unstuck from their trauma. And it's interesting how our brain and our body work together. And even though it might be a painful situation or an unpleasant situation, it's a familiar situation. And so we go back to our old ways because it's familiar and that's how our brain compensates. It's actually a fascinating book. It's a mixture of science and 
the, the beautiful part is there's so much healing and possibility when we get our mind right. That's what that's the key. <laughs> I just love that. And, you know, trauma can take a lot of forms. And a lot of people, I would say more women than men, but I'm not even sure, use food as coping. They, um, it could, it could manifest itself as not eating at all. Um, you know, if you're going through divorce or a job change or have lost a parent, or it could be, comfort foods, you know, all of the, all of the foods that make you feel the carby carbs and things like that. So I can see where we need to really delve into what the mind tells us because the body's going to react to that. Yeah. And so I've experienced both of those things during my divorce. I just was not hungry. I was crossfitting like a crazy woman and you know, I was really lean and it looked like I was healthy, but I was not healthy. I wasn't healthy. There was, there was not health. I'm glad for the muscle. (laughs) I will say that, but yeah, it was no way to live. And I've also done the opposite, like, um, eating to comfort myself, totally eating the bag of chips in bed. Let's be honest. That's happened to me more than I can count, (laughs) you know? So those were the dark days. (laughs) I think that we all experience some of that cam. I've talked to people who just normal everyday wonderful people um, going through something like that. And they'll throw out casually, well, I didn't get out of bed yesterday. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and, you know, when we talk about like finishing off the ice cream, maybe it's not a pint, maybe it's a half gallon of it. Mm -hmm. Or I've also known people to say, I forgot to eat yesterday. I I cannot relate to that one. I have to be honest. I love (laughs) my food. But I think we all have that. And it, you know, sometimes that I've had times in my life where that one glass of wine while I'm fixing dinner, I'm pouring the last drop, you know, with with Mm -hmm. dinner. And I think, oh, this is bad. And Mm -hmm. the idea of using wine to, quote, take the edge off or raise the floor of your emotions, I think I probably use that more than I'd like to admit and not to the point where I felt like I needed professional help, but I've really reined that in. So there's just tons and tons of ways that we can throw in the towel until we're intentional about making a change. Yeah, I assured I, I was on a dry week. Um, I did end up having wine one night that week. I'm, so this is my second week and I feel like I've, I've had alcohol two times in the last two weeks, which is a huge improvement from my having a glass when I'm cooking dinner. It had become a habit. And I'm not saying I needed professional help like you're saying, but I was, I questioned myself. And the first day I remember, okay, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Nope, you're not having a glass of wine. I had to say, nope, I have to make a sacrifice right now. I'm experimenting with myself. And it was interesting. It was definitely a habit. Um, but I had to talk myself off the edge for a second. <laughs> like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not pouring the wine. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I agree with that. And maybe for somebody else, it's a chocolate. Uh-huh. I'm just going to have this one piece of chocolate. And then you eat the whole bag. Mm-hmm. So I think there's lots lots of ways here. I have an acquaintance who has not had swore off alcohol for, I think, I don't know, maybe it was 30 days to begin with on January 1st. But this person in the seven months of the year, the first seven months of the year, ha- I think they decided maybe on 4th of July to have a beer or something and said, you know, I didn't love it. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it, it didn't make a difference. So I think, you know, we have to rethink these things and, and think what, what is this doing? Is it servicing me? And why am I doing, what's the motivation? Yeah. I, honestly, I feel, I feel less inflamed from the inside. I feel better in my gut. I mean, that's how I feel. I know my sleep is improved because if I drink alcohol, my resting heart rate doesn't drop until like 4am. So that's not enough time to like fully recover. So you're starting the next day 
sort of on empty. <laughs> so it's been interesting. Um, I do believe that self-awareness really is the key, the secret key to all part of your life. So it's okay if you eat the bag of chocolate or eat the thing of ice cream, but then the lesson comes when you pause and you say, is this really serving me? Is this really what I want? Do I feel awesome or do I feel like a piece of poo? <laughs> I feel awful. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. you know, Cam, there may be things, we're not talking about only doing things in excess, but maybe doing things that you don't want to do, like taking a walk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you and I both came from extreme exercise backgrounds. So for us, that may not be a big deal. But for some people, you know, that bad habit is, I don't want to walk. It's too hot. It's too this. It's too that. And making yourself get off that couch, even if it's just a walk around your block, mm-hmm. that makes a difference. Yeah. And we know for a fact that it helps with blood sugar control and, you know, lessens the spike. So if you were to take a walk after dinner with or without your spouse, with or without your dog, 20 minutes, it's not, it's not like exercise. We're just moving. The health benefits we know are beneficial, but also like caring for yourself on a new level. It's very empowering. Like you did that for yourself because you love you. It's amazing. It is amazing. And I love that mind shift change from have to, to I get to, we've talked about that before. And I just think it's so powerful and important for us to view ourselves like that. But I want to just kind of touch back. I'm not sure I'm done with the idea of throwing in the towel because when we think about our mind shift change about ourselves, we don't want to look back on those times where maybe we overindulge in the chocolate or the wine or whatever and, and feel shame. Mm -hmm. And so I think at this point, part of this self-awareness is giving ourselves that grace to be like, okay, maybe that wasn't the best decision, but I'm here to learn from it and not feel shame about it. Yeah. It's the reflecting. And I totally agree with the shame. You got to put the shame down. I, I have carried shame about being divorced forever. I feel like it's helping. I know you're helping you with that, Amelia. Yeah, totally. So I'm feeling better about that. I feel way less shame about it. Anyway, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. uh, Mind shift change is very hard. It's Mm -hmm. easy to talk about and so incredibly hard to do, especially if the judgment that you have for yourself, and it could be for others too. Uh, Before we turned on the mic, I told you about a situation where I had been in a social situation where I observed some folks that weren't like me and I view myself as an open-minded person, but I felt, as we used to say, some kind of way about that. And on the drive home, I told my husband, you know, I feel kind of guilty. And he said, well, it's not that you're judging someone else and who they are. Um, It's just that you're observing your own reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And so trying to be open, not only about yourself, but about other people, I think is important as we learn how to love and grow and be more inclusive. Yeah. And so we've talked about mirroring before and they mirror something in you. (laughs) Whenever something, when something comes up for me, whether I like it or not like it, or like if something's really annoying to me and some other person, I know it's in me or else I wouldn't see it or feel it or recognize it. So there you go, Amelia. (laughs) Yeah, You're so right. And another thing, Cam, I've noticed about myself when we're talking about self-awareness is if I haven't had good sleep, I would so much more annoyed by people that are loud or boisterous or, and obviously I can be loud and and boisterous too, (laughs) but I do find those annoying things are more problematic for my mind when I'm, I'm not had good sleep. 
Totally. Yeah. We're going to talk about some things we call these like your daily minimums, like things that keep you in your body, moving forward, moving towards your goals. And mine all tend to concentrate in the morning, which means I'll have better sleep. So when I was writing my list down, it was interesting. They're all morning things and I love sleep and I brag about learning how to sleep in 2020. It wasn't right away, by the way, it took a long time and I still have weird nights every now and then, but I feel like me, for me personally, if I do the morning things, the evening just falls into place. How about you? I don't know that I can say that's true for me, Cam. I think that sometimes I wake up feeling great and I do have a morning ritual, but sometimes during the day, something can really throw me off my game Mm -hmm. or the converse is I wake up feeling tired or wired and tired, which is Mm -hmm. even worse. And then somehow during the day, I, I am able to write myself. And sometimes I think it's just some prayer and meditation. And sometimes I think just because I take some really cool supplements, I think it, it kind of helps balance me. I do use some adaptogens. So I I think it kind of differs for me. I would love to be able to come up with a prescriptive way to make my day amazing by doing the same set of behaviors in the morning, but I haven't found that to be true. Now, the morning routine, it definitely gives me a good start, but it's not a sure bet. Gotcha. Got it. And the whole thing about when we're, we were writing notes for this, you know, when you judge yourself and you think you're off track or you're just going to wait until Monday or the next month or whatever, the next week, whatever, really what we are inviting you to think about is you can restart at any time in the middle of the day or the next day, but you don't have to wait. There's no reason to wait. You deserve to feel amazing and awesome now. And there are things that you can do to get there. That's it. Yeah, that's just super great advice and things that that I can learn to live by. I do it well sometimes and not so well at other yeah, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. So what I do, these are the things that keep me grounded, if you will, and keep me moving forward. Morning sunlight, huge. That helps me sleep better. Um, your eye, your eyes daylight in your eyes wakes your brain up, but it also turns the melatonin off, but sets you up for more melatonin in the evening. It's an amazing fact. I really like my water with the salts in it and the minerals. That's huge. I've been using lately. Redmond has um, a mineral supplement um, for water and I've been loving it. If not, I use the element protein in the morning is a big one for me. And I, I am, I am hypothyroidism, so I'm experimenting a little bit with this the last couple of weeks. So you're supposed to take your thyroid medicine in the morning and then wait an hour before you eat. But most of the time I'm throwing collagens and sometimes protein powder in my coffee and taking my pill with that. So I've been trying to break, make, have more space between the two things. And I think it's working. I feel better. So something new. Veggie, a veggie dense meal, at least one veggie dense meal a day is one of my things. And then moving and or exercising. So moving is walking. I walk the dogs most days and then exercise, you know, strength training, like twice a week hit maybe once a week, you know, that kind of thing. And those things seem to help me make my day fall into place. And then the sleep falls into place too. (laughs) Those are excellent, Cam. And and my list mirrors that quite a bit. One thing I will say, just in the, in light of talking about restarting or re refueling after a break, um, my, I, I can think of days, especially a Saturday where 
we, my husband and I, I've talked about this before. We do our Saturday date. We go run in the morning or, you know, hike in the woods and we go to the same breakfast spot every week and I get the same thing every week. And it's, it's has vegetables in it, but it's not vegetable dense. And then there have been Saturdays where we had a party to go to or some sort of event. And I had no way of knowing what the food choices would be. So I get there and they're suboptimal for what I like or what I'm willing to put in my body. And so that day feels like it's kind of shot. So a lot of times when we are, um, when we have, we're double booked as it were, I will use like a vegan protein powder that's that I that has a lot of these minerals and vitamins that you mentioned in there, and that seems to help. Um, and in the holiday season, I always make a habit of having a, maybe an apple and a piece of cheese or something like that to fill me up before we go to the party. So those sorts of things help me to reset and refuel in the midst of what feels kind of like a break. But on a daily basis, I agree. Um, Sleep is of paramount importance to me. And I take two forms of magnesium, one in the morning and one in the evening. And then, of course, the diet. And I do move my body. I generally only take one day off a week where I don't do something active. And when I say that, Cam, I don't mean like every day is a full-on exercise class or a HIIT workout, it may just be walking down the road with a dog. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. one day I allow myself the mental break of if I've had a long day at work and I'm just like, all I got left is the energy to make dinner and enjoy my food. I'm that that's fine. That's a break, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think when it boils down to it, like we have these, we want to feel awesome and we get in our own way. And it's just like, if we could step out of the way and do the things that we know empower us and make us feel amazing, then we're on the right track again. And we just invite you to think you don't, just because something went wrong or you don't feel great, you don't have to throw the towel in. You can just hit reset anytime you want. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think you'd agree with this. Um, about the being grateful. Uh, do you have a gratitude journal? It seems like at one time you did. Yes, but now it's, I have stopped writing, but it's at the end of the day, I just pause and okay, what I learned this from my friend Katie and she does it that way. And she just kind of goes through her day and like pauses and is grateful for different events that happen in her day. She kind of does it in order. And I was like, that works for me. I totally agree with that. And sometimes it's nice to even express gratitude for the hard things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the obstacles in your path can be learning, whether it's that chocolate that was presented to you or a traffic snarl on your way to or from work, or, you know, your grown up kid calls you and they're having troubles and you're feeling some angst about that. Sometimes even those obstacles to um, joy might be something to be grateful for because you're learning something. So being able to see your obstacles as something to be grateful for, for me, has been a learned response. But -hmm. I think it's been very helpful to view my life in that way. Yeah, it reframing takes practice. And it takes you to pause and say, okay, okay, what's the lesson? So my my daughter's having trouble right now, or whatever my son, what's the lesson they leaned on me, they, they trust me to share their situation or whatever it is. But there's always a silver lining, I guess, even in the worst things. So 
just pause. <laughs> yeah, pause is pause is very good. And another one of my minimums is like yours, vegetables. Um, mm-hmm. I love vegetables. I I can't imagine not having vegetables in my life. And you know, the evening routine for me has become so much more important. I am trying to eat earlier. I don't always hit the mark of completing all of the intake of food by six p.m. But a lot of days now that it's summertime, we have a little garden, and my husband and I'll clean up the dishes. And then we'll walk outside and walk around the garden. And, you know, you can literally see, especially my cucumber plants are going crazy. Mm-hmm. And it feels like every day I go out there and they've grown four more inches. <laughs> so, you know, that's joy. And it's uh, hopefully I'll get to eat those soon. So, you know, little things like that. And if I if I can, I love to actually put the soles of my feet on the ground. You know, that that's grounding is a real thing where you literally either sit or stand on the earth and allow the earth to support you. And it sounds hokey at first, Cam, but I think if you practice it, you'd be amazed at how, and I say you, I don't mean you personally, but like people, mm-hmm. it's amazing how much that helps. So I'm going to admit something that only Dan knows about. We have a grounding Uh-oh. mat on our we have a grounding mat on our bed. Um, that is really cool. Yeah. So Deepak Chopra years ago. Uh, anyway, and so it's connected to the grounding outlet, which is connected to the ground in the earth. So it's not exactly, but it's a grounding mat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's super cool. I'm just really impressed that you do that. Well, you know, when I was trying to heal from the hysterectomy and all the nonsense of the divorce and all that, I was like, I'll do anything. <laughs> a grounding mat? Okay, I'll try that. <laughs> Sauna? Okay, I'll try that. So I was just right. searching for something. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. And, you know, I carry crystals around. I've, mm-hmm. I've actually kind of gotten out of the habit in the last couple of weeks. I need to like round them all up. But again, things like this sound new age to those of us in midlife because in the, uh, well, it was probably more usual in the 70s when we were children, but in the 80s and 90s where we developed, our, our culture developed these self, like you have to rely only on yourself. And I think now we know that's crap. Like you have to rely on other people and all of these things that um, native peoples used, whether it's grounding and meditation and crystals and just celebrating your food and thanking it for the nourishment it gives you. I, I don't know that our culture has come full circle, but I think that we're coming back to appreciate these rituals. I agree. And I think that's kind of re- referenced in the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Like, you know, what you say and how you say things about yourself, your body hears that. And so if these things support you along the way, then what's the harm? There's no harm in it. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I, I think mainstream, like, especially like right wing people like, oh, that's like devil worship or something, but it's so not. <laughs> I mean, I, I have listened to people who really think yoga is some kind of satanic thing. And I personally don't believe that. If mm-hmm. our listeners do, I apologize if I've trampled on your toes. But I think these things are a part of this natural world that God gave us and we should celebrate all of it and use everything at our disposal. I believe everything is connected. Our thoughts, our body, our soul, and all of these gifts that we have from the earth that can help us feel in our power and feel better and feel awesome. And that's really what it's about. (laughs) It is what it's about, Cam. And so, you know, I'm going to reiterate what we've already said two or three times is taking a break or getting off track is fine, but it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. You don't have to wait till tomorrow even tonight, just start today and refuel and reframe, bring joy into your life and love. 
Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.